Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Well, hello. We are here in the studio again. Uh, my wife and I. Hi, honey. Hey. <laughs> We've got a few guests around the room. we got got uh, Frank and Oscar, Tim and Peter, and this is going to be a totally different uh, podcast today. And in fact, the next couple of weeks, we're going to do something totally different. We've we've listened to a lot of podcasts out there, and one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about is mistakes. Mis- oh boy, fun stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, everybody in the room made some mistakes at some point. <laughs> Say I. I. <laughs> so I'm holding in my hands a check for fifty thousand dollars, hun. Yay! Are you excited? Oh yes. <laughs> no. So. Anticlimactic, to say the least. Very much so. I went the other day to pick up a an escrow refund for $50,000. And I say refund because it was an earnest money deposit we had made on six properties last year yep. in May. Yep, almost a year ago. May. So yes. 11 months, we've had $50,000 tied up. In an earnest money deposit, city and escrow, earning us absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, it was borrowed funds, mm-hmm. and we were making a payment every month. That's so awesome. Oh, wasn't it oh so much gosh, fun? Oh, my gosh, that makes me so happy. You oh don't even gosh. know. Yes. I, I loved it every Thrilled. month. Thrilled. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so there's going to be a bunch of laughing because we need to laugh. We need to be able to laugh. Yes. <laughs> Some of these mistakes. Yes. Well, you know what I think? I think that what we are going to be talking about today, if let's just be completely transparent, it's a scary conversation to have because we're putting ourselves in a position of vulnerability. Mm. We all know what happens when you make yourself vulnerable, right? Yeah. You get hurt. Yep. You put yourself in a place where people can do and say and make of it whatever they want, but... It's very true. Mm-hmm. We've chosen to live our lives this way and run our business this way. This is what we do all the time. And so why would our podcasts be any different? <laughs> yeah, very, very true. So we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit on tell you a little bit about that story, how we ended up with fifty thousand dollars tied up for eleven months and some things we can look back on now and some red flags and some mistakes. Um some things that that we should have slowed down and recognized sooner, and then um, I think we're going to work our way. We'll see how much time permits. We'll work our way around the room, and I know every one of us have um, mistakes we've made and stories, you know, through those mistakes and actual deals that we can talk about. Um, deals are maybe even losses. <laughs> Everybody always wants to call them deals, but. <laughs> Deals, deals don't feel good when you lose money. <laughs> no. So, um, but the the lessons and really the point of this this week and and in a couple of weeks when as we break this up, we um, we want you guys to really get that we've made a bunch of the mistakes. We will still make mistakes. Yep. Like it's an impossibility if you think you're ever going to never make a mistake. You will. And we've just learned to you know mitigate some of those by surrounding ourselves with people that can we can brainstorm with and collaborate with and you know the club's a, a good resource for that because there's you know there's varying degrees of experience that's in there 
And, um, you know, especially if you're a newbie listening to this or somebody who's just getting into this business or if you're in the club already and you're learning, just a huge, huge, huge takeaway, big mistake people make, especially when they think they got it. You know, oh, maybe they've closed a few deals and they get that that euphoria, right? Mm-hmm. That, that wave you talk about and I got this. Yep. And um, that may, be even, may have been even us mm-hmm. in this last deal, you know, we kind of like – yes. Hey, we got this. And so, um, I don't know, you want to you want to start off with a little bit of the background on that? Sure. Sure. So, it was it was brought to us by a student and it was a uh, lady who claimed to be a partner in five properties, six properties actually, um, in Las Vegas, and they were wanting to she and her partner were wanting to unload them and sell them at a discount uh, quickly. So they because. were, yeah, because I don't even remember why. Do you remember why? Yeah. I don't even remember. What was the reasoning? Well, my, he wants to downsize cause he's older. He's in his eighties, lives in Southern California and just can't get back and forth to Vegas to manage the properties. Right. Doesn't want to be outside of California anymore and just downsize his portfolio cause his portfolio is so big. So that's why he's willing to take these. At a discount, further, he bought them at the bottom of the market. Mm-hmm. He bought them right. He bought them great, which was awesome. Them, yeah. So, so we agreed to uh, – we, we looked at them, and on paper, we comped them out. They looked very, very good. The numbers looked excellent. Uh, we were taking into consideration every property was rented, uh, very little deferred maintenance. They were all rented at above market, uh, cash flowing even at the acquisition price we were looking at buying them for. And so there was a conversation of we could maybe flip them. We could maybe keep one or two in inventory as rentals. The, uh, you know, the possibilities were endless. And one of the things that we teach all the time is that you make your money on your buy, right? And you yep. get paid on your exit. So that was what we were thinking. And I always tell students, you know, how you know you purchased properly is when you can pick a variety of exit strategies. Right. And that's the way this was looking. So we went in and we put down, um, well, she required. Yeah, well, that was part of the. Here's red, number one red flag. Number one red flag. <laughs> it was, so my partner, so anytime somebody says my partner, my partner, my partner, I think um, one of the things that I've, I've learned is I want to identify who that partner is. Mm-hmm. So whether that partner is some sort of entity, if that partner is a trust, if that partner has some person that somebody is claiming behind them i want to know who that person is and what their actual relationship was this lady um represented that she was a partner in these deals and um turned out later that she had absolutely no equity um in these deals whatsoever right and had no piece of them and we didn't verify that and we did not verify that so we did our preliminary title searches and we saw that the houses were free and clear, which yes. is what was represented to us. Yes. So we took it as, okay, free and clear properties. There's no liens. There's there's nothing. These look decent. And here's a woman that says, I'm a partner. So what do we do? We draft. We get um, a realtor mm-hmm. in Vegas. Yes. Right? We didn't use our California forms in right. for Nevada. We got a realtor in Vegas to drive all the properties, the relationship we had out there, drove all the properties. They do, in fact, exist. Mm -hmm. There are people living in them. Sounds good so far. 
properties have a little bit more deferred maintenance from the outside um, from what he's telling us, but they're not a big deal. And um, no problem. That's part of the negotiation, right? You make an offer, we'll inspect the properties, and then we have our due diligence period, right? It's written in the contract, gives us the opportunity to inspect it and so forth. So the partner says, I'll meet you out there in Vegas. And we're like, well, we don't really need to meet you. We'll just, if you can just tell the people we're coming, we'll come by with our realtor and we'll take a look. No, no, I have to meet you. Mm-hmm. In fact, sign the contract and show us that you can even perform because we don't want to fly into Vegas because she was representing that she was coming from somewhere on the East Coast working on some of his other portfolio. So sign the contract, and a minimum deposit is $50,000 of EMD to go into escrow to show us that you're serious, that you actually will close, because we were going to close with cash, and total purchase was 600000 Yes. So to them, it was like, oh, put in $50,000. That'll show us that you're serious about this, and it'll be worth our time to fly into Vegas and show you the properties. So mistake right there. Um, an escrow company we had never worked with, never heard of, mm-hmm. and it must be that escrow company. Yes. So that should have been a red flag to us because what's the big deal? As long as we have proof of cash and we're going to put our EMD in, why does it have to be this escrow company? Mm-hmm. And and she insisted on a $50,000 EMD, which is an earnest money deposit. Yeah, so, which, which is a lot. It was, but... In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't It wasn't that – I mean, it just – anyway. So we did it. We've never done that big of an no, EMD we never, before. Yeah, so now we can look back and go, yeah, we did this mistake, did that mistake. Okay, so then there was sort of an excitement about the possibilities with these properties. And so we get in the car. We, we put in our 50 grand. Yep. We wire it to escrow. We get in the car. We drive to Vegas. Well, hold on. One, there's one more part of that. She gave us 10 days Yes. in the contract to inspect. Yes. And then – delayed we were going out there inside that 10 days to go during our inspection and we get a notice that says i'm sorry i'm hung up in chicago i can't get a flight out there i'll meet you in five more days Mm -hmm. which put us past the 10 day the 10 day inspection period Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. go ahead so we said fine whatever so we met with her uh when we got there and and here here was the fourth red flag (laughs) as soon as i saw her i said hmm like you know like i felt like Oh, I know her and or whatever it is that she represents, but whatever. So my gut said something is wrong. Anyway, we go forward. We're there now. Uh, when we meet her, we say, oh, and she was supposed to produce the leases um, at that point. When we meet her there in Vegas, she says, you're not going to believe this. No my car got broken into and they stole my leases. Yeah. <laughs> at the airport, like, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like the dog gator homework. Anyway, (laughs) so we said, oh, okay. So anyway, now we have no leases. So we walk the properties and every property we walk, there is way more work than needed. I start talking to every tenant. I actually speak to every tenant and I ask them point blank, how much are you paying in rent? And of course, it was not the same amount of money that she represented. So now we have no leases. And um, several tenants told us, oh, one guy said, I've been living in this house for 17 years and I've had four landlords and I've never had a lease. Right. <laughs> so there was so many things that were wrong. So the short end of this is that we leave Vegas. 
we send a um, an email, like literally on the way, where dry Dave's driving and I'm typing the email saying, yeah, okay, so nothing you represented was the truth. You don't have leases. There's this, this, and this wrong. And so we made a new offer yep. on the properties and said, based on all of this evidence, um, our offer is no longer 600000 It is now... which was very reasonable. Um, She responds back and says, okay, well, we're not interested in 540, so we will cancel the contract. And we said, okay, fine, send the cancellation. Um, We'll get our EMD back and, you know, wish you the best. And then she came back and said, what? I'm not giving you back your EMD. (laughs) We're not signing a cancellation. No cancellation. You can cancel, but I'm not giving you back your money. So, and at that point, I looked at Dave and said, um, yeah, something isn't right with her. So then we did a little bit more research. And so we found the owner of the property and found out that this woman was not his partner. Yep. And so I said to Dave, well, then she's obviously a real estate agent. Hmm. She was doing licensed activities. And so a quick check with the Bureau of Real Estate to find out, yes, she was indeed licensed, except they revoked her license. Yeah. Uh, and so now she is doing licensed activity when not being licensed. Wow. Yeah. So awesome. So we're, we're out with someone representing themselves to be a partner mm-hmm. who's really acting as the, as a realtor who had her license revoked or suspended. And by the way, we did a little more research and it was revoked or suspended because she committed a burglary, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a problem when you're a realtor, have access to people's homes, and you commit, Steal stuff. You, you commit burglary. Yeah. So a bunch of problems, mm-hmm. right? We've got this, this um, I get a hold of the, the guy who actually owns the property, and he says to me straight out, no, she's just a friend doing me a favor, <laughs> meeting you guys out there. And what do you mean the property? He goes, I haven't been to the properties in years. What do you mean the air conditioner doesn't work? I go, it's Las Vegas. Yeah. How do people live without air conditioning? Well, they were going right? to move out. Yeah, and they were all they're all going to bounce. And he, he says, "Well, uh, no problem. Let me talk to my attorney, mm-hmm. and I will um, sign the cancellation. You know, as long as the contract says, you know, you guys mm-hmm. have the right to inspect, and everything sounded great. After that, he never took my call again. Yeah. So he went through two different attorneys. Uh, both who said they were going to represent him. Uh, They looked at the case and said, "Uh, we've told him he doesn't have a case. He should give you your money back. But he refuses, and so I'm not taking on the case. So he went through two different attorneys, and all of this um, took a year, well, 11 months. 11 months. Yeah, for us to get our money back. So We had to hire an attorney. Yeah. We had to file a lawsuit. Yep. We He never responded to the lawsuit. Yep. Got a default judgment. Yep. And now we're, we've attached that judgment um, to his properties that at some point somebody will sell and pay us off. But meanwhile, escrow refunded our, our $50,000. So Finally. So while we should be celebrating, we've yeah. still really lost. We've lost money because we had our money out for 11 months. Yep. That money cost us money. Yep. Uh, and it inhibited our ability to do any other deals because we had that money tied up. Not to right. mention the stress and frustration and all of those things. Plus, we had to pay an attorney. Right. You know, the, the attorney yeah. costs are, yeah. you know, close to $5,000 just to go get a default judgment. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of things that were there that, that we've we've definitely learned from that. I will never, ever, ever take somebody's word for I'm a partner. Right. Without knowing who that partner is, speaking to that partner, having contact information. We had to skip trace this guy. Yes. And find this guy. It was, it, yeah. you know, it was tough. 
It was tough. So that's definitely something we wanted to um, to take away from there. What a mistake. So there's our mistake. Now we get to hear from everybody. Yay. <laughs> All right. We At made ourselves naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not proud. So which one do you want to tell us about one Who's of your favorite next? mistakes? <laughs> okay, Oscar. <laughs> wow. We'll just go age before beauty. <laughs> we'll call it wisdom now. Right? Okay, good wisdom. wisdom. Uh, yeah, mine is... Uh, a little different, kind of, <laughs> but there is an agent involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was really at the beginning, just at the, at the point where I was transitioning from being a W-2 employee to doing this full-time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you're in a spot at that point where your back is against the wall to a certain extent. You're looking to make some money. So your, your decision-making process is... We'll call it fogged, <laughs> for a lack of uh, expletives. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but Border, um, borderline desperate. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're, you're I'm walking away from a really good six-figure job, mm-hmm. and I've got to make ends meet mm-hmm. going forward, right? So, mm-hmm. the challenge becomes, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Opportunity shows up. Um, the short side of the story is uh, this opportunity shows up. There's the numbers make sense. It looks great. Um, I get money uh, ready to go. I've got my own money going into it. And I, it was all based on the word of an agent providing a CMA, mm-hmm. right? A comparative market, <clears throat> comparative market analysis. analysis. And um, Can those be manipulated by chance? <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but absolutely. Yes. And, and so... First lesson was, well, there's, there's several, right? There's, there's <laughs> man, I'm getting all sweaty hand <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. Feel like I was in war. Yeah. Um, so the first thing was that I, I took that agent's word for the CMA, right? Mm-hmm. Mistake number one. Um, the other was that I was playing in an area that I wasn't familiar with. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't know the neighborhood well enough. I didn't know the surrounding areas well enough. I didn't realize where that main strip was that really dictated a huge difference in values. Uh, so those things all came into play. And at, at the end of it all, it turned out that um, numbers look good, again, based on the CMA. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was looking at making 40, 50 grand on the deal. Mm-hmm. So got the money, locked it up, did it, moved forward, got, got things going, did the rehab, got everything done, get ready to put it on the market and realize that ARVs probably not what we thought it was going to be. After repair value, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Yeah, you guys are like my glossary. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case there's someone listening to this going, what the heck is CMA and ARV and ROI and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, yeah. so you put it on the market and what happened? Um, turns out that versus making a $50,000 profit, it was actually a $76,000 swing from that to a $26,000 loss. Mm. Wow. Uh, then sanity sets back in and clarity starts to, you know, the fog lifts, right? Because now, oh, hell, right? I'm losing money. Mm-hmm. And that's when I reach out to Melina and, and have the conversation of, you know, tail between my legs and saying, I didn't do what I was taught. I, I felt I had this, like you guys said earlier, right? I, I got this figured out. I'm in. I got it. Ran with it. And here I am. Yeah. I'm stuck now. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, Melina does what she does and came in, rescued me out of it. And, you know, I still experienced the loss, but it wasn't 26,000. It was more like 11,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lessons learned abound, right? Because right. it's, uh, I can step back now and, and kind of chuckle about it. <laughs> kind of <laughs> right you're alive <laughs> but uh and you know the thing is <clears throat> so the street name is andover i was just thinking about this while you guys were talking about right, <laughs> right? think about those two words that are in that name <laughs> and over right yeah I'll keep doing it. it's over the beginning and over, and over yeah. right yeah or it's yeah. what tim just said right yeah get it right and start doing this over and over and over and doing it correctly so yeah. it, it became, uh, it's interesting to, to step back now and look at it and, and say, man, I could have, that was the beginning and quite possibly could have been the absolute mm. end of mm. anything that I had to do with this business. Mm. And to, to have you guys, right, everybody in this room right now around to, to be able to continue to move forward instead of wallowing in my, in my mess. Mm-hmm. Is, is huge. Mm. Without that, absolutely, it would have been and over for sure. Yeah. yeah. So a good takeaway from that. So anybody listening to this, so this is sometimes how we get people submit or ask for our help, and they'll say, well, the realtor said it's worth this. So the realtor said it's worth that. I'm not here to bash realtors. Realtors are a key component. We need realtors in, mm-hmm. in, our, in our business. But you have got to be able to justify your comparables when you look at the CMAs and, and sometimes we see these huge swings, you know, and anytime I see where there's huge swings, especially when somebody submits comps or comparables and asking for help, I've, you've got to be able to justify those swings. You know, why, why is that? Um, why, why is there such a, such a big difference? And Oscar said it, it's a real key. I've been on areas where I'm like, I have, I don't even know where I'm going. GPS got me here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going. And I don't know the first thing about the neighborhood. I don't know. I don't know anything about the school district. I don't know anything about, you know, is this side of the street good or that side of the street good? I don't know all that stuff. And you've got to be able to get in there and, and figure those out and not take someone's word for it in that this is what the house is going to sell for. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that realtor makes their money off of selling you that house. Mm-hmm. Once that house is sold... And you spend the next three, four, five, six months flipping it and sitting on the market and so forth. They've moved on. Mm-hmm. They made their money and they've moved on. And not all realtors are, are, are bad or anything like that. I'm not saying anything like that. You just have to be able to, to look at it and justify it. There's not a time that I've ever purchased a house. Like even when you just said we drove to Vegas. Yep. We didn't take the realtor's word for it who took pictures and sent us that stuff. We got in the car and we drove to Vegas and looked at every single property. Yeah, and it's not only looking at the property, but it's looking at the comps. And, right. yep. and that was the biggest thing. And that was, I think, probably the biggest mistake that y- you would agree you did, right, Oscar? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a lesson learned that yeah. uh, I, I drive the comps now. Yep. If possible, I walk them, whatever yep. access I can get to it, and I check out the neighborhood, right? Right. The, are the neighborhoods similar now? You know, right. It's, it's kind of weird when you drive one neighborhood and there's no sidewalks. Right. And there's one that has sidewalks. Okay, really? Are they right. comparable? It's no. not horse country, so right. what's really happening? Mm-hmm. I think that's why we always say trust but verify. Right. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, this is, we're going to talk for hours. <laughs> Sit and go around this room, mistake yes. after mistake after me. Mm-hmm. Mistake. I think what we'll do, let's, uh, let's get one more and then um, we'll call it a day and then we'll, we'll come back and we'll share some more. So I, yeah. I know we got all you guys here, but there's not a possibility we'll be able to get all these in here. So which one of you got a short and sweet one you want to tell us about? I think we picked him. We picked him? Mm-hmm. All right. I guess Tim's up. Yeah, because it's a little bit of it. I think his story is, we'll try to hit all ends of all right. mistakes. <laughs> well, you which, hit them all? Which one are we talking about? <laughs> which mistake? <laughs> you mean you made more than one? Oh, no way. <laughs> not yeah. us. Go ahead. What do you, what do you got for us, Tim? Um, probably my, my biggest thing is, um, have, it's been in choosing partners, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I can think back to probably the first partnership that, um, that I got involved with and it was, you know, there was a couple of us, there was three of us, we got together and we were very close as far as, um, like we had a relationship, we knew each other for a long time, and great friends. Great friends, great friends, and friends don't make great partners. You mean? <laughs> Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think they can, depending. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes friendship is not the thing to look at for your partnership. Mm-hmm. I think. And what ended up happening is that we, first of all, we didn't put anything in writing. Mm. We just kind of said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, um, you know, we're going to move forward. We're going to take on this business. We're going to, you know, go market. Take over the world. We're going to take over the world and make, you know, world-changing decisions. (laughs) And um, at the end of the day, what ended up happening was two of us actually worked and one of us didn't. And I think it's funny because as I was thinking about this a little while ago, it depends on who you ask, which two of us actually worked, I bet. <laughs> 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 it's all about perspective. Because <laughs> I can guarantee you the person that I'm thinking that did nothing and took a, took a fair share of the profits, if you ask them which one of us uh, didn't do any work, it wouldn't be them. Yeah. Right. So I think that, again, my, my biggest thing has been in choosing partners and making sure that it gets put down in writing mm-hmm. that uh, the expectations. Yeah, the expectations. Who's going to do what? What happens? Frankly, if if a partner doesn't come through, because mm-hmm. uh, that was something that never was discussed at all. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about great big things, but we never talked about like what happens if um, you know as a as a team we make sixty eighty thousand dollars and it all comes from one person's activities mm-hmm. and other partners walk away with uh, a lot, a lot of money mm-hmm. for having done very little, Yep. you know? And, um, and frankly, what comes out of it is, um, what came out of it is fractured, fractured relationships, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Sure. Which yeah. is probably more painful than anything. Yeah. And you feel, you know, it's interesting because we have there's other partnerships where you could say that and you say, okay, so that, that's happened in in our business as well. Like, okay, well, we're doing this, and that's making the our group or our partnership whatever amount of money, but our partner is working on something else. Not that partner is kind of hanging out waiting for you to close that deal is what you're really saying, right? Yeah. So right. there wasn't really 
the synergy. It was, I'm doing everything. I feel, I feel like I'm, I actually, I know I'm doing everything and the deal wouldn't happen unless I was doing everything. And then on top of it, I have a, I have an agreement that says we're going to split this profit X number of ways. Yeah. The deal gets closed and you're writing checks going, how much money did I just give away? Yeah. Is that, is, That's that, essentially what it was. It was um, doing deals with partners where, I, again, I cut, I, I paid out way more money than I ever kept, if that makes sense. Sure. Because I had partners and, you know, they, you know, in, in hindsight, they weren't the right partners for me to begin with. But um, I learned a lot. That's actually a really good point because did you get, I I feel like there's a common theme with all of this because I know when you came to us and told us what you were doing separately, both Dave and I shook our head and said, why did you do that? Because we, we knew Oh, and so did Frank. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I think that's an important piece of information. Um, and I kind of – I feel like that's the <laughs> – that is the <laughs> – that is the, uh, the the common message here is there is power in numbers. There is power in relationships <laughs> with other people that – have no vested interest in what it is that you're doing. And I believe that is the power in the club. And that's actually how I keep Dave in line too. I make sure that he writes down everything that he's going to do when he doesn't. I hold him accountable. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's true. I was like, huh? <laughs> I had to lighten it up a little. Looks. No, I do think that it's important that um, – that there's so much power in having relationships, outside relationships that don't have a vested interest in what it is that you're doing other than your own success. So I can look at Oscar and go, I could have, I, you know, and Oscar said, hey, I came to Molina afterward. Well, I had no vested interest except for my my love for Oscar yep. and my desire, my sincere desire to see he, him succeed, yep. right? Same thing with Tim, right? I, you know, we, we all loved him and, and we want the best relationships for him. And, but the one thing he didn't do was come and have a conversation with other people. Um, there's, there is so much wisdom in having many advisors. There you go. I think that's a proverb. So <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that I just got was, first of all, um, I think what I have is that I did come and talk to you guys. I just didn't freaking listen. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, oh, I remember. Is that right, Frank? Mm-hmm. Is that that's what correct. happened? Hundred percent correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Like so. Uh, that's what I got. Like just now, I'm like, you know, you can have this whole. I mean, the, this, you know, mastermind. Mastermind that's in this room right now, and you mm-hmm. can sit down and you can get all this great uh, feedback. But if you go with you inst- and, and if you don't take the advice of the people that frankly know more than you and and have been there then um i feel like there's a definition there's a word for that yeah mm-hmm. i know the- <laughs> we all know the word yeah we, we won't all say know it the word. we won't we, we won't say it no, no. dang it <clears throat> just just in case <laughs> we're gonna call this podcast that how's that yeah. oh that would be great so don't, there don't there is a word and if you come to the club it's in the glossary <laughs> yeah oh i forgot that it no, is uh, it's absolutely in the glossary mm-hmm. So for me, right, there's, there's another side to this as well. There's the, I'm not going to go ask because I got this. Yeah. There's the, I've asked, but I'm still going to go do what I want to do. Yeah. And then there's the ones that won't ask because they're pretty sure they're not going to get the answer they're looking for. Mm. Yeah. Right? So it's, and it's the trifecta of 
crap, really what it boils down to. Because dumbassery. You're going to – dumbassery, yeah, great. It's it's what happens, though. It's it's us as humans, right, yep. screwing things up and getting in our own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, I, th- I think our egos get in the way, especially, you know, we do have a lot of successful people in our club, right? And then we have a lot of the newbies, and I think, you know, even the newbies, the people going through the learning curve and – and I'm sure everybody can relate to, you know, you want to be that rock star that's killing it and got deals all over the place and, you know, that, that kind of thing. But n- what people forget is that you had a learning curve as, as well, you know, like mm-hmm. you had to go through a learning curve in order to get there. And I think they want to skip all that. So then they look for ways to force deals, mm-hmm. right? Instead of doing like Melina teaches, which is we find every reason not to do the deal. And then when we've exhausted all of them and we can't find any reason not to, then we pull the, pull the trigger and we move forward. And people want to skip those steps. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just human nature, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to be successful. We all want to close deals. We all want to be able to do that. But, you know, skipping the and really taking for granted what we have um, in the club is, is probably a big key. And I think we've all been there. Yeah. Well, I think the, the final thing to say is this, that – the power is actually in the journey, not in the destination. No. That's that's where that is where everything happens. That's where your character is built. That's where um, your success actually lies is what you do inside of the journey. So if I was going to say there's one thing to take away from this podcast, it is, yep, you're going to make mistakes. And I believe that it is what you do with the mistakes that makes or breaks you. So I am unbelievably grateful that we have a room full of people like this that we can just turn to each other and say we can laugh at our own mistakes we can be (laughs) honest about our own mistakes um, but ultimately work through them together to come out on the other side and that's where character is built right right well we're going to uh, let's call that a wrap and uh, I can't wait to hear some more of our our great mistakes as we uh, we do part two of this next time around so we'll catch you guys later this is uh, the Boswells along with uh, the key mastermind group we are uh, flipping out